0: Hey, well, thanks so much, band. I'd uh, invite you to take a seat. And while you're taking a seat, um, I'd, I'll, I'll ask you a question. Uh, it's a question that was going to come up on the TV before my laptop decided to um, have a heart attack 30 seconds before we walked out. But the question is this. I've got the question for you so you can think about it while I finish, fix this minor technical glitch. And the question is, if you could add an extra hour into your week, what would you spend it on? Because we're coming to the end of the year, right, and, uh, and there's a lot going on. Christmas is just around the corner, some of us have uni assignments, some of us have school that's coming to a close, please Lord, work, there we go. Some of us, are, some of you are around this time with work, it always seems to be, isn't it at work, that as the end of the year ramps up, everyone wants everything done just before Christmas. And so if you could, if you could fit an extra hour into your week, what would you spend it on? Maybe reading a book, maybe you'd finally uh, get out fishing, maybe you'd uh, have that or begin to plan that weekend away that you've always been talking about that you want to take with the girls or you want to take with the boys but everyone's always busy and no one actually really plans it, you guys talk about it. Maybe you'd use that hour to, to plan that, maybe you'd use the hour, that extra hour in the week to maybe reconnect with someone in your family. Maybe you don't see your brother or your sister or your mum and dad enough and you're like, I'd love, to, I'd love to just connect a little bit more, but we don't. Maybe you'd use that extra hour to hang out with a friend. You know that one friend that you always like, don't ever see that often and then when you see him, you're like, we should do this more often. It'd be great to catch up and then no one ever does it and then you catch up every like 15 years. And if you could add that hour, where would you put it? If you're here um, for the first time tonight uh, or just back for the first time uh, in, in a while. We're actually in part two, as Clarissa and Pat said, of a series called Out of Control. And our, our purpose and our hope with this series is really this. We want to help you take back control of your life. Because really, uh, as I kind of said at the start, this is the time of the year, if you're ever going to feel it, where things are going to feel out of control. The end of the year is so close, but it's also just so far away. There's so much stuff to be done before Christmas, before holidays, before New Year's, before summer really hits in and we can all really just relax. And so that's why we've done this series, because we want to help you take back control of your life. And really, uh, if it's not now, there will come a time where life feels out of control. And so if you're not at a point in your life right now, where you're like, "Now nah, life is pretty in control, then consider this like preparation. This is a preventative series for you, so that if life ever gets to a point where it feels out of control, you'll be able to remember, oh, okay, right, this is... This is what it feels like and this is what I can do. And last week, uh, what, another one of our communicators, Riley, kicked us off with this series. And uh, the big idea, Riley talked about this. Um, he said, in order to gain control, you must learn to prioritize what is truly important. And he kind of gave a little bit of an application. He kind of he gave two questions. The first question to ask that we want you to ask this week, or if you um, weren't here last week, you can catch up really quickly now, was uh, what drains your energy? Now, what are those things that, uh, with your energy that you do and they are just draining? And then the second thing was what, what kind of fills up your energy? What are the things that you look forward to doing? Because you know when you hang out with your friends or when you go to the movie or when you pick that book up or you go uh, to your favorite coffee shop that you're going to leave feeling energized. Because often when life feels out of control, what we prioritize are the things that drain us, not the things that refuel us. And so we wanted you to, to think a little bit about that this week, and and tonight we're going to jump into part two, Uh, and in case uh, you didn't figure it out from the first question, tonight we're going to be talking about our time, because there just never seems to be enough of it, does there? There's always something else we could be doing, someone else we could be hanging out with, another assignment we need to write, you know, another phone call that needs to be returned, another email that needs to be gotten back to, and there just never seems to be enough time in the day to do what we need to do. And before we, um, before we kind of jump off and talk about this whole issue of time, I want to make a disclaimer and I want to tell you what this uh, message is not tonight. This message is not a new time management system. Okay, I'm not going to present to you the latest and greatest time management techniques, tips and tactics. You can find them for yourself on YouTube. And the truth is, it wouldn't do you any good to hear one of those anyway. Because you've tried them before. And you've, you've, listened, you've tried the Pomodoro technique and you've looked at time blocking and you got yourself a new calendar and the calendar didn't work so you got yourself a yearly planner and you just planned it all out. And then you went up into the cloud and then you got that latest app and sure they work for a while, right? But after, after a time, maybe a week or two weeks or three weeks, it just seems to feel out of control again and time starts to feel like I just can't get done what I need to get done and all of a sudden you're looking for a brand new technique or something to solve this out of control feeling that you have with your time. And so we're not going to do a time management seminar tonight because that wouldn't help you anyway. What we are going to do is we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about the opportunities that are available to you. Because the reason that you and I feel so out of control with our time is because the opportunities available to you will always exceed the time available to you. And this is why we've got this uh, little Connect 4 grid out here. Because if you think about your time, your time is a lot like this board. It is limited. There are only so many blocks that you have during the week or during the day that you can fill up. Thankfully, the, the creators of Connect 4 put it into 7. So we can kind of imagine this as a week. And in a week... There are certain things that you just have to do no matter, no matter what happens in the week. Hopefully, you prioritize sleeping and you get some sleep in every single night, you know, whatever, whatever that looks like for you, whether you're like me and you wish it was 10 hours or 12 hours, or maybe you like to get six or four, or maybe some of you wish that you had some more sleep. Then, then there's always going to be those bits in the week that you we have to eat, you know, you're going to have to schedule some food in there as well. And there's some of those non-negotiables that all of us have during the week, whether that's uni, whether that's school, whether that's work, there's always going to be those things that we just have to do, maybe it's just your Tuesday cup of tea with mum and dad that you've organised, or you always go around to your grandma's retirement home once a week, and so many of us, there's some things, but then there's that little bit of leftover time, there's that space that we have, and and we know it's, we kind of know that it's limited, but we treat it as if it's not, because opportunities come along to fill that time. And friends ask us to do uh, things and that boss at work asks you to take on that new project and you know that your time's limited. But the way we treat our opportunities is we go, yes, here's an opportunity, I'll do it. Here's another opportunity, I'll do it. Here's another opportunity, I'll do it. And we just keep saying yes and yes and yes to every single opportunity that's presented to us. And we keep going along and pretty soon our week, I cannot keep up, our week starts to look really, really full, doesn't it? I'll get it in there one time. That week starts to look really, really full. And then what happens when we finally filled our week up? Is there's always another opportunity that comes along, isn't there? And we look at it and we're like, I ah, can't really fit this in, but I'm going to do it anyway. And so then we start to add things. We add to start to add more opportunities. And we just keep adding and adding and adding and adding. And everyone else looking in on our life knows that we're, we, we've overscheduled knows that if they're going to they're gonna book coffee with you, they're going to expect you to be 15 minutes late. And if you're one of those people and you think, no, 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 I'm totally in control of my life, never gets out of, out of hand, I never make the most of, uh, you know, I always treat my time as limited, here's how you know that you've kind of made more of the opportunities and time you have. You start to say things like, I'll just be five late. You start to say things like, oh, look, I... I really wanted to do that, but can we just reschedule? Or you, or you get to a place late, and then what you say is you're like, that just took me way longer than I thought it was going to take. Like, I had budgeted like 15 minutes for it, and two hours later, I just didn't, I'm still going. You would not believe, I'm still going. And so we, we know our time is limited, but we treat our opportunities as if they're not. And so in order to get in control and begin to kind of handle our limited time, we need to begin to start to look at the primary resources that all of us have. Because in order to get this in control and to treat it as if it's limited, we need to understand that when it comes to you and when it comes to me, all of us have three primary resources with our time. The first one is actually our time. You know, and your time is limited. Right? We've kind of covered that. The second primary resource that you and I all have is energy. Some people are morning people. Some people are like midday, afternoon people. Some people are like evening people, and some people are just like night owls. And really, what that means is, is that your energy peaks, and you have high energy points at different points throughout the day. And what that what that also means is you cannot go at 100% all day every day. You cannot schedule your calendar from like 5 a.m. through the 2 a.m. and just go and go and go and go and go and assume that you'll be able to get everything done because your energy levels don't follow that. We all have periods where we're really, really productive and then we all have that like after lunch lull, where we're just not so productive and we all kind of want to go and have a nap. And these two kind of things are mainly what people talk about, how you can maximise time and how you can maximise energy when they talk about, you know, how to get control of your calendar. Time, it's always like, how can I squeeze that extra minute? Where can I find that extra half an hour? Energy, it's always like, just drink more coffee or have a monster. Or get on that newfangled diet that's got like that secret herb from the South American rainforest somewhere that if you consume it, it'll give you energy like you never, uh, you'd never experienced before. But what we're going to look at tonight is this third one that's often missed. Priorities. And the reason that we're going to look at this is, and, uh, and the reason it's often over, uh, overlooked is because of this. That your out of control time is actually a priority issue, not a time issue. The reason that your calendar is so full, the reason that you say yes to so many opportunities and all of a sudden you're overscheduled, is not to do with time, it's to do with your priorities. And if you don't believe me, just think back to that very first question I asked. If you had an extra hour in the week, where would you spend it? And chances are, the things that came to your mind and the things that you thought of where you would spend that extra hour are things that you would actually say are a priority And things that you would actually say, I value. Things that you would say, you know what, these are really, really important to me, it's a priority, I just don't have time. And so tonight what we're gonna do is we're gonna show you how to make uh, the limited time you have and you can prioritize the things that are most important to you. Because if you had an extra hour to spend on that priority, why not spend it on the time you have during the week already? Why not get rid of some of the other things? Because we all do it, we all smuggle things that are lower priorities into our calendar. We all smuggle other people's priorities into our calendar and all of a sudden, it's your priorities and it's my priorities that fall by the wayside. And then we're sitting there thinking, I wish I had an extra hour to do that thing I really value. And the good news is we don't kind of have to go at this alone. We don't have to kind of try to figure it out on our own because there is someone who lived actually 1,500 years before Jesus. And this person wrestled with his exact same thing. They had a limited amount of time and their priorities were out of whack and their, their calendar got out of control. And this guy's name was Moses. And Moses lived at this incredibly fascinating time in history. See, Moses was an Israelite. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't anyone really important in the nation of Israel. But his, uh, why that's important is because the nation of Israel, the nation that Moses belonged to, was actually under slavery by the Egyptians. And they were under slavery for a long period of time and they were under the rule by a really uh, tough Pharaoh and they were tortured and they were brutalized and Moses had had enough. And so Moses one day uh, goes to Pharaoh and what he says to Pharaoh, he he makes this statement, he says, Pharaoh, let my people go. And the Pharaoh goes, no, who are you? Get out. And so Moses kind of pioneers and Moses puts together a plan to actually... um, Uh, help the Israelite nation escape slavery. And this is a nation of over a million people, so this is no small feat. And Moses pulls it off. And that's a great thing, but it also kind of created a little bit of a problem. Because now there's this nation of a million people kind of wandering the wilderness, and they don't have a place to call their own. And when you're a million people, you need a pretty big place to call your own. And so they're wandering through the wilderness and they're trying to find a space, they're trying to find a land that they can call their own. But this was a really barbaric culture. And so in a barbaric culture, might equaled right, which meant that if you saw a million people walking over the top of the hill, you immediately thought they're going to invade us. They're going to try and take our land. And so there was a lot of fighting that was going on between Israel and the other nations and the other people that owned land as they, that they were walking through. And the fighting got so fierce and got so intense that Moses actually sent his wife and his two children away to be with their father-in-law who is called Jethro and he was in this little town of Midian, that's not super important. But Jethro, so Moses sent his family away to hang out with Jethro while the fighting uh, waged on. And we pick up the story tonight where Moses is essentially the Prime Minister of uh, of Israel. So Moses is making all the decisions for the nation and the fighting has finally settled down. And when the fighting settles down, Moses sends a messenger out to Midian to grab Jethro and to grab his wife and to grab his two uh, children and say, hey, bring them back. It's time we've got a little bit of peace in the land. And Jethro, Jethro's actually an incredible leader in his hometown of Midian. And Jethro looks and he spends a day kind of resting and refueling uh, with Moses and the family, kind of catching up on how things have been going. And Jethro kind of uh, decides that he's going to tag along with Moses for the day. And he's going to see what it's like to be prime minister of the nation of Israel. And so this is what Jethro observes. It says the next day, so the day after Moses' family got back, Moses took his seat to hear the people's disputes against each other. So That was kind of how the prime minister acted in those days. Everyone kind of came to Moses. He made a ruling. It says they waited before him from morning till evening. Now remember, this is the day after Moses hasn't seen his family for months. As opposed to kind of giving himself an early mark, Moses decides to just do what he always does and stay there from the early hours of the morning to the late hours of the evening, answering the people's disputes. And Jethro kind of steps in and says, when Moses' father-in-law saw all he was doing for the people he asked, he actually asks two questions. We're going to look at both of them. But, but before we get to the question, I just want you to pay attention and think about the question that Jethro is going to ask when it comes up in a second. Because usually for us, what we would do in our cultures, we would see someone like Moses. We would see them working from morning until evening, and the questions we would ask is, how do you do it? How do you fit it all in? Like, what are you doing that I'm not doing? Because I want to be able to fit in what you're fitting in, so can you help me out? But Jethro doesn't ask this question. Jethro asks another question. He asks this, he says, Moses, what are you really accomplishing here? In other words, he asks a priority question. He says, Moses, we sat around the dinner table. We've shared meals. I know how much you care about my daughter. I know how much you care about your children. Now, if, if you really want to work from morning till night and make yourself as busy as possible, you're succeeding. But Moses, come on, come on, let's be honest. I know you. I know that's not what you really want to do. And so when you sit out in front of people from morning to night, what you are really accomplishing is not what you really care about. It's not what you value. It's not even what you prioritize, Moses. And then he asks him a second question, which is just as insightful. He says, why are you trying? We'll come back to that word in a second. Why are you trying to do all this alone while everyone stands around you from morning till evening? And this question is just as insightful for us today as it was for Moses over, over uh, three and a half thousand years ago. Why are you trying to do all this? In other words, why is it that you feel the need to book yourself out from morning till night? Why is it that you feel the need to try to fit that expectation? Maybe for some of you, it's because you've taken on the expectations of your boss. So you're trying to please them. You don't really want to be as busy as you are, you're just trying to please someone else. Maybe for you the reason that your calendar is out of control is because you're trying to please your parents. Your parents have a view of of what you should do and how you should spend your time and the career path you should go after. And so the the reason that you're trying to do all the things that you're doing is because you want to please your parents. For others of you, maybe you're trying to do it because you think to yourself, well isn't that what everyone else is doing? Isn't, isn't that what I see all over Instagram? Isn't that what I see when I talk to people that everyone's always so busy? When I talk to people, everyone's always so busy. No one has a free moment. And so you're just trying to keep up with everyone else. And maybe for some of you, you're trying to meet your own expectations. You have unrealistic expectations. You treat your time as if it's unlimited. You treat your energy as if you always are going to have unlimited amounts of energy. And so what you're trying to do is you're trying to meet up to your own expectations which are unrealistic to begin with. And what, what's so fascinating about Moses' response is, I think Moses' response is probably the response that a lot of us have. Because when Jethro says this to Moses, what Moses says next is, yeah, 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 I get it, I get it, Jethro. But here, I'm so busy because... And then he goes to give a whole list of reasons of why he's so busy of why it couldn't possibly be any other way, of why he really wants to prioritise his family, why he really wants to prioritise his kids, but he just doesn't have the time. And usually, when we say that, right, well, in my experience anyway, you know, I kind of say that to some of my friends, like, oh, yeah, no, you're right, you know, everyone, everyone, treat, everyone goes through that. Oh, you're right, you know, you know, everyone's calendars are out of control. But Jethro doesn't take that approach. This is what Jethro says. That is not good. Quit doing it. Moses, it's not working for you. Stop doing it. In other words, Mo, I don't, I don't know what you've seen of the other kings and queens around this area. I don't know who you're subscribed to and what vlogs you're watching. I don't know what it's, what it's like in, in how, to, how to be a CEO in the, you know, uh, in the uh, barbarian cult, uh, era. But what you're doing is not working. I don't care what everyone else is doing, Moses. I care about you. And really the reason Jethro says this, and the reason that Jethro's so blunt is Jethro had an insight, and Jethro knows something that that we often miss, and it's this, that your calendar doesn't just let you know what you're doing, it lets you know who you're becoming. Where you spend your time is not simply what you're doing in the hours that you're awake, but it's actually who you're becoming. Athletes and, um, and performers have this uh, thing maybe you've heard about. It's called the 10,000 hours principle. And really the concept is simply this, that if you want to be a world-class performer, if you want to be a world-class athlete, if you want to be a world-class writer, if you want to be world-class at anything, the the golden rule is you need to spend 10,000 hours developing your craft. You need to spend 10,000 hours understanding it, thinking through it, making time to perfect it. And I understand some of you are sitting there and like, Chris, I'm not trying to be world-class at anything. What does this relevance have to do with me? Well, the reason that this kind of applies to us is because what people who who understand the 10,000 hours principle know is how you spend your time is who you become. If you want to actually be good at something, you need to dedicate time towards it. If you want to become world-class at something, you need to prioritize that. And for so many of us, we want to have better relationships. We want to have better marriages. We want to have better friendships. We want to succeed at school. We want to succeed at uni. We want to succeed at our job. But often, we don't prioritize it in our calendar. Instead, we try and cram so much in, and it only takes something going wrong, and all of a sudden, everything starts to fall to pieces. And everything starts to fall down, and all of a sudden, we look at it and go, what am I really accomplishing just like Moses? Because our calendar just doesn't tell us what we do. It shows you who you're becoming. And if you don't take control of your calendar, your calendar will take control of your life. And I would hate for you. I would hate for you to get a year down the track, five years down the track, ten years down the track and say, I, I had some really big dreams. I had some things I really wanted to do. I had some things I wanted to pursue but... I never took the time to prioritize it. I was always just throwing every single opportunity into every free space and I never really took time to figure out the things that I wanted to do. I never took time to prioritize the things and maybe the reason that God put you here in the first place. And so the question that all of us kind of have to wrestle to the floor is this, who do you want to become? Who do you want to become? What kind of person do you want to become when it comes to your relationships? What kind of person do you want to become when it, uh, in terms of your career? What kind of person, do you, what kind of things do you want to do in your life? Who do you want to become? And that question in and of itself is, is big enough to just kind of leave and just sort of go, okay, time out, message over, see you next week. But it's not really practical I, like, that's, that's one, it's really, really important to answer it, but I kind of want to give you some, some handles so that when you kind of have this question answered, you'll be able to know how to work with the limited time you have so that you become who you want to become. Uh, and we have this thing at Beyond, it's called Form Monday, which is really just the application of everything we've been talking about. And I've got, this, this week's Form Monday kind of comes in three parts. And they all build on top of each other in order to help you not just know who you want to become, but become who you want to become. So the first one for this week is simply this. I just want you to track your time. For a seven day period, whether you do it uh, via pen or paper or whether you just do it uh, on your your, uh, iPhone, at the end of every day, sit back, reflect and think, "Where, where did I spend my time today? Who did I spend my time with? What did I spend my time doing? Did I watch Netflix? Did I go and catch up with friends? Was I running errands? Was I just sitting on my phone aimlessly? And then I want you to, I don't know if this is a thing for Galaxy users, I haven't really checked the latest Galaxy update, but if you're an iPhone user, in the settings menu on the new iOS 12, uh, there is this great feature called screen time, which tells you exactly how much screen time you've used that day, and it'll break it down app by app. It even shows you how many times you've picked your phone up and unlocked it during the day. And this is incredible. So once you've tracked your time, I want you to pick up your phone, and then I want you to add that in and that will give you a more, uh, a more realistic uh, account of where your time is actually spent. Because There are always so many of us who are like, yeah, look, I spent three hours working, You spent like two hours working and one hour checking Facebook in between the emails when you got bored. Okay. And once you've done that, and it's all laid out in front of you, I want you to ask this question, am I doing what I value? Where I spend my time during the week, am I really doing what I value? Or, am I watching Netflix? And if you value Netflix, that's great, go for gold. But am I doing what I value, or am I just watching other people live their lives on Instagram? Following other people, go after their dreams on Facebook. And here's the one that you're gonna have the most resistance with. I guarantee this final part will give you, you'll have the most resistance, is this question. What do I have to stop What do I have to stop in order to become who I want to become? In other words, not what do I have to shuffle around, not what do I have to kind of see if I can make it fit in. What do you need to stop, eliminate, get rid of from your schedule that you're currently doing because it doesn't help you and it doesn't lead you to become the person you want to become. It's not what you value. It's a really, really low priority. What do you need to stop? And I understand that some of you are like, oh, Chris, I'm afraid if I stop something, I'll miss out. I'm afraid if I stop, then, then I'll miss out on, on the, maybe an gr- incredible opportunity. And, and I get that because so many people have this fear of missing out. And we just say yes to every single opportunity because what if the one opportunity I don't take leads me to that, that place or that, that one thing that I really wanted in life. But again, we've got to go back to our time. Because every opportunity you, we say no to, we feel like we're missing out. We feel like every single opportunity I say no to, I miss out on something. But every opportunity you say yes to is one square that you say no to something else. You can't fit anything in that square anymore. You can't, if you say yes to a whole heap of things, you are actually saying no to, any, to, to a whole heap of things anyway. And the reason why this is so important, why you need to stop saying things, why you need to stop saying yes to every single opportunity that comes along is because you need to begin to evaluate the opportunities that you have. You need to see that every single opportunity you have and every single opportunity you say yes to is actually a no to something else. And really, you need to make sure that your yes is worth the less. Because every yes that you give there is less of you to give to other things. There is less of you to give to your relationships. There is less of you to give to uni. There is less of you to give to work. Every yes, there is less of you to give to those things that you value. Now, this is such a big deal, and I understand that some of you are probably like, yes, is worth the less. That's such a preacher thing to say. Like, I would expect I would come to church and you'd have some pithy saying like this. Okay, I get that. And so in the last, like, minute and a half that we have, I want to just ram this home as much as I can because this is such a big deal. And I want you to begin to track your time. I want you to begin to see uh, what you value and become who you want to become. So just imagine for a second that there is a God. And we at Beyond, we believe that there is a God. We believe that you can know that God. But, but if you're not sure, just imagine that there is a God. And when that God was creating you, He didn't just take a cookie cutter approach and just spit you out. But he took time to knit your personality together. Whether you're introverted or whether you're extroverted. Whether you're kind of like that person that just captivates a room or whether you're that person who's just really quiet and shy and you take a while to come out of your shell. That that God actually knit your, not just knit your personality together, but also put things on your heart that you would be drawn to. That when you walk out and when you see the world, that there are certain things that you're drawn to over others. And there are certain passions that you have and certain things that you care about just way more than anyone else cares about. And, and when your friends think of you, they're just like, yep, that, my friends, they just care about, you know, they just care about animals. Or they, they just care about uh, maybe building their business. They just care about leadership. They just care about others. Whatever it is that God has created you in such a way that you are unique. And this wasn't some haphazard thing. And if that's true, and if God actually stepped into history in the form of Jesus and died on a cross for the opportunity to know you, to show you just how valuable you are, if that's the world that we live in, then there's a question we all need to answer. And it's this question. It's why would you trade what is unique to you for something someone else will eventually do? If you believe that God has really created you with a purpose, if you believe that your gifts and your talents are from, uh, by, the, uh, by design, then why would you throw away the only resource that you cannot get back your time doing something that someone else cares more about than you? Why would you not decide that my time is limited and I can't say yes to everything? But tonight, tonight I'm going to begin to track my time. I'm going to begin to discover what it is I value. And tonight I'm going to begin to stop saying yes to every single opportunity that comes along. Why? So that you don't trade what is unique to you for something someone else will eventually do someday anyway. That's the life that I want for you and that's the life that God wants for you. But it starts with you taking control of your calendar. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, there's so much going on at this time of year. And Lord, life can really seem out of control at times. And getting in control of it can, can almost seem like just another thing that like we just don't want to have to deal with. But Lord, I just pray that people here tonight would begin to begin to think, you know, who do I actually want to become? Sure, maybe life feels out of control, but, but in the midst of this out of control, who, who do I want to become? And who am I becoming with how I spend my time? Am I becoming the person that I want to become? Or am I becoming something else entirely? And Lord, I pray that we would learn from Moses' example, that it wouldn't take a Jethro or a father-in-law or a friend to kind of get alongside us, Lord, but we would be able to tonight make that decision, to take back control of our calendars and be the people, be the person that you created us to be. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.